0: What's up, y'all? This is wide receiver Deontay Simpson.
1: This is cornerback Cam Johnson. Cornerback Deshaun Getty Jr. Senior forward Zachary Simmons, and you're listening to Bruni's Breakdown, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the twenty four seven sports podcast. I'm your host Matthew Bruni, and with me, once again, is Colin Mitchell. Colin, how are you doing today? I'm not as good as you, apparently, because you sound. You sound excited. I I am I am excited. How can you not be excited after what we witnessed? Well, Colin. Uh because. Because? Oh, oh, that's how you're going to start this podcast. We'll get into you're going to start with because. We'll get into it. You're going to start with because. We'll get into it. Okay. You have to do your Anyways, recap first. before we get to any of that, um sorry for the one-day delay on the podcast. You know how technical difficulties go. We couldn't rewatch the game and things happen, but we're here. Uh, Thank you all for your patience. Thank you all for your um listenership. Listenership? Is that even a word? Oh, it's a word now. <laughs> it's and we hope we can continue to give you all the best North Texas coverage of anybody in the world. So, with that being said, Colin, we have a lot to talk about. Yes. North Texas improved to 2-3, and three, won their first conference game of the 2020 season with a 52-35 to win over Middle Tennessee. And I feel like this is going to be a podcast of con- controversial takes, maybe? Yes. Of of arguing, yelling. Yes. yes. So, you know, we'll try to keep it somewhat civil. But the energy's civil. high right now, you know? But we'll, we'll try to keep it somewhat civil. I'm just glad the energy's
0: high. You know, it's... it's I mean, you look kind of disheveled today. I can't believe you said... It's the second time he's told me that. I told him that when I first saw <laughs> Listen, him. I woke up. I feel... It feels better to be on the podcast today because it's not... The morning after, mm. like, a terrible loss, you know, where you have to, like, get up and then you're like, oh, well, let's relive this again, you know. The morning after. You, you have at least, like, a buffer day, even if they did lose. Yeah. don't know why that was so funny to you, but how about you grow the, up, Bruni? The- <laughs> Can you... <laughs> all right, I'm getting out the stopwatch. All right, let's
1: go. So, North Texas scored 52 points, so I have 52 seconds to recap the game in a very generic way before we get into all of our position stuff and everything we saw from the game and our arguments. So are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. Three, two, one, go. So North Texas defeated Middle Tennessee fifty-two to thirty-five. It was a game of two halves, really. I mean, after the first quarter, it was all North Texas. But in the first quarter, North Texas, um, led by Austinani, had two picks and a fumble that the fumble was returned for a touchdown by middle Tennessee They took a 21 to seven lead after the first quarter. And I made a video on Twitter saying how bad it looked and I was stressed out. And then North Texas puts in Jason Bean goes 99 yards on like four plays, four runs. And from that point on, it was the Jason Bean show and they ran the ball down middle Tennessee's throats Um, for, what is that? Four, 462 yards rushing. They said program record of yards with four hundred sixty eight or seven hundred sixty eight. Um it was it was a dynamic showing from the offense and the defense played its best game of the year. They played their best half of the season.
0: Yeah. I think I, I think I did you go, well. You go really slow and then you speed up at the end when you think you're out of time. You gotta, I, did. You gotta just, I did you gotta do that at the beginning first. Speed up the beginning. Speed up early? Yeah. Well I think I covered everything I wanted to. I was pretty happy with that. Yeah it was it was good. I mean you also have fifty two seconds so don't know what you're going to do when they don't score 52 again. I was, pr- They're going to score 52 again, in case you haven't noticed, Colin. Okay. They're kind of breaking records this year. They kind of lead the FBS in yeah, yards. Yeah,
1: I don't know if you know this, Colin. But <laughs> they lead the FBS in yards. They might as well be ranked number one. They are better than Clemson. All right. Colin, I summarized the game. Now I want – let's start with the offense. Okay. But we don't have to start with quarterbacks if you don't want to. I don't care where we start. You tell me. You want to start with quarterbacks? We can start wherever we you usually want. start with quarterbacks. I am ready. All right, start with quarterbacks. Let's Start with your boy Austin because I want to hear you defend Austin Ony's performance and his benching and what we saw after the benching. So you started off. You take it from here. You
0: saw the okay. game last night. Go, okay, go for it. Austin Ony played bad. I'm not saying he didn't. It's an bad. understatement. It was bad. I mean, it was okay. I don't know. Very horrible. bad. Horrible. He played horrible. However, before, prior to that, he played good, if not way better than we thought he was going to play. You're talking about the two games prior and or the, the two games, games prior, prior, whatever it is? Correct. Okay. So, I guess I'll just get straight into the who's going to start next game conversation. Sure. If you just want to completely bypass Jason Bean's performance. Oh, we're getting to that. No, no, no.
1: The, we have to
0: shed some light on Jason No, Bean Jason here. Bean had a good What'd game. What did you see from Jason Bean? I saw lots of good things. He ran a lot. He threw a couple good passes. The one to Jalen Darden, you know, it was a little little suspect, but it, it made it to him, and he mm-hmm. went into the end zone. Listen, we watched the FIU against Middle Tennessee game, and North Texas did exactly what FIU did to Middle Tennessee, except they had a better quarterback. That is the only difference, and we know FIU is bad. Yes. So to say that Jason Bean, albeit had a great game, I mean, he, he rushed for a lot, and he threw for a lot. He did. Conference USA player of the week, by the way. <laughs> you case. cannot base. Yeah, Manning Award. You, can- uh, <laughs> oh, <I> <laughs> you cannot base his prior snaps off of this game. This could be outside of Houston. This oh, this is the worst team they played, and it will probably be the worst team they play all season.
1: Yes, it will be. I mean, I wrote a VIP story on it yesterday. Did you read that, Colin? I did. Did you read my work for once? I don't, was it yesterday? I thought it was the day before. It was yesterday. I guess yesterday um, was
0: Sunday. <laughs> I did read it though. So
1: I retweeted it. Oh, thank you. So I read that. I wrote that story. That was a VIP story. Um, kind of laying out the situation that Seth Latro had. Um, kind of the predicament that they're in because they don't really have one answer here that's like a steadfast answer in my opinion. I think there's flaws both ways, obviously. Like neither of these guys has proven themselves to be a above average quarterback. Right. Both of them are muddling around in like the average range right now. Like you said I think they're both better than like the FIU quarterback situation. Um they're better than like the Western Kentucky quarterback situation. They're not bad quarterbacks. Austin Aune had a horrendous first quarter. Last uh, on uh, Saturday, and that is the type of first quarter you cannot have against any team in Conference USA, especially teams that you're supposed to be you're supposed to beat. Yes, because as a quarterback with the talent he has around him, the way the offensive line's playing, the way the running backs are playing, the way the receivers are playing, all they need the quarterback to do against bad teams or teams that they're on a similar level with is not screw up. And what did he do? He screwed up. Every single time. Literally, literally. Where is it? Where's the drive chart? Where's the drive chart? Let me pull up the drive chart. Interception, touchdown, fumble, interception. And on the touchdown, he missed Jalen Darn on the on a wide open throw and then hits him on a on a throw the next next play. You cannot do that. That is inexcusable. And so, I have a I have a lot written down on this topic, but you had to put Bean in, and you had to simplify the offense when Bean came in, right? It was pretty simple. And so, Ma- Middle Tennessee is not a good team. There's a reason why I went, I went on Twitter before the game and I said North Texas is going to win this game. There's a reason we both picked North Texas to beat Middle Tennessee. We watched Middle Tennessee play FIU. I was telling everybody I knew to bet North Texas. North Texas is going to win this game. Even
0: though, even though Bernie's not a betting man, you know, I don't bet. I haven't. Yeah, I don't have a. He, yeah. We can't we can't promote gambling on the podcast Rooney. So oh, <laughs> I'm telling everybody I know to bet <laughs> North Texas,
1: and it's because Middle Tennessee sucks. Yes, and so all you had to do as a quarterback, if you're Austin Oni, is not screw up, and he screwed up. And as a result, you put Jason Bean in, and lo and behold, look what happens when you don't screw up. You can run the ball down their throats. You give it to DeAndre Torrey, Trey Siggers, Nick Smith, even got s- substantial yardage. Like it was easy once they stopped screwing up. And so to get into the next point I have is um, I initially wrote – this is what I initially wrote and then I expanded upon this in the the story that I wrote, the column I guess that I wrote, is Oni's floor is significantly lower than Jason Bean's, right? I think that's obvious in that he can force throws, he can force plays, his pocket awareness is really rough. I'm not saying that Beans is much better, but you know it's it's he has a floor in a sense that he can turn the ball over a little bit more than Jason Bean. He's a little more prone to those turnovers because he doesn't have the legs. Jason Bean will, if he's in trouble, will just tuck it and run, which isn't good. But Austin Aiyi, when he's in trouble, will might force a throw, and that's even worse. And so that's why the floor could be a little bit worse. However, the ceiling is obviously substantially higher, which we saw against Charlotte, Southern Miss, SMU. All, the, all those teams where he had pretty solid games. Jason Bean could not have had those performances against those teams. And for all those reasons, like I wrote in there, I wrote it much more eloquently than I'm saying it right now. So if you go check that out if you're a VIP. But um, I think you have to stick with Ani moving forward. I think the defenses that they play, the next three teams, UTEP, Louisiana Tech, and UAB, are three of the top six run defenses in Conference USA. Middle Tennessee is last or second to last. It's pretty simple. Yep. I, I I know everyone loves Jason Bean, and I know Jason Bean is the guy that, you know, has the is super fast and can do a lot with his legs and adds another dimension to the offense. But he adds a dimension with his legs, but he also takes away a dimension with his arm. And I'm not saying he can't throw it all. I'm not saying that, but there are limitations. To, to what he does with his arm. And even on the touchdowns that he th- threw and the passes that he threw, I was not impressed. So, yes, Ani has plenty of flaws. He's not that accurate. He has bad pocket awareness, in my opinion. And he's prone to turnovers. But he is he's proven that he is at least... He at least gives you a chance against better teams to move the ball down the field with through the air. And we haven't seen that with me at all. So, that's... That that's my take. I think Ani has to remain the quarterback. Now, with that being said, what do we think Seth does? Jason beat starting this game. You think Jason's starting?
0: Only because of how much it was hyped after the game, and still is to this very. I mean, like you said, he just got voted Manning Award stuff. You know, mm. Conference USA Player of the Week. He had the interview after the game. All his teammates, blah blah blah. You know, it would be crushing to Jason Bean. To say Ani threw two picks and fumbled in the first quarter and down 21-7, you led us to a to a quote-unquote comeback win. Ani starting. However, I would hope Seth could look past that and understand if he's trying to win a football game, you need to put Ani in. Now, if Ani has the same bad performance, then throw Jason Bean back in. That's fine, but Jason Bean, like you said, has to prove that he can throw. And like you also said, the throws that he did make and the touchdowns that he did make weren't impressive to where I I would expect him to be able to throw that same ball against the UAB defense or Charlotte defense because that's they clearly didn't play anything close that might be the worst defense they played all year.
1: Middle Tennessee literally was it was so weird how they were playing cuz even Seth said after the game he's like yeah, we knew we were going to be able to have the quarterback run just because of how heavy their safeties were playing and so they were like basically manning up on the outside and then selling out towards the run uh but they couldn't stop the run because Th- their their gaps alignment was so weird in how they played it, and so it's just the run game had no problem, and so and maybe UTEP maybe UTEP hasn't I mean they've been they've been good this year, but maybe you know you can get away with maybe a Jason Bean game, um but UAB and Louisiana Tech there's no doubt in my mind that you need Austinani to start th- those games like I I don't I don't see it any other way. It's gonna be really interesting because I, I don't know what he does here. I, I think he's gonna go with Austin Ani. You
0: think? Okay. Why do you think? Because I don't think.
1: I think he's gonna go with Austin Ani because I think he saw something similar to what I saw and what I think a lot of people saw in that how middle how Middle Tennessee's defense played, not even their personnel, but how they played, is unlike what UTEP, UAB, and what Louisiana Tech plays. Does that overpower? Like a morale. They're going type to have to loss. I, I don't. I don't give a damn about morale, and he shouldn't. I mean, well, who's morale? whose morale are we worried about? Beans? Yes. He's but already I'll, been benched once this season. That's true. That's Like true. he, he's already been benched and come back. He knows that it's possible that any given week he could play two, three quarters. Um, but there's no way you can go back and watch the film between Charlotte and Southern Miss and SMU and say, watch those teams drop into a zone or drop into a unique coverage and or bring a unique blitz. And say that Jason Bean is going to be able to stand in the pocket and make those good throws consistently, or at least to the level that Austin is making them. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I really don't give a damn about, damn about his legs because, like we saw against SMU, it it's gone. Against good teams, they can account for that. Right? It's, they're not. They're going to be fast. Yeah. Uh, they're horizontally gonna, Yeah, team. they're not going to be out of position the way Middle Tennessee was. It's not going to be that hard for them. Um. And so I, I just don't see it any other way. I think Austin Ani has has to be the quarterback moving forward. And like I said in, in the story as well, is if he goes out there and ha- turns the ball over twice in the first quarter, I'd put Bean in as well. But I I think you have to I think you have to roll the dice with Ani in that Ani has the higher upside in every game that he plays than Jason Bean. I agree. So um I'm 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 really interested to see what he does. Because I I don't know.
0: Now what what I thought about last night is you said after the Charlotte game that you want North Texas offense to model almost exactly what Charlotte does. Yeah. And it, it I you obviously didn't mean it in this sense, but it would be interesting to see if they use Bean on certain plays, you know, on a on a third and you know eight, and we're like, hey, let's do a read option or something like that, just to throw some kind of creativity yeah. into the game. But because obviously he can run. I mean, we saw it. But I don't think, like you said, it can be used consistently to win you games. Yes, I agree. Um, Now, looking at the rest of the offense,
1: um, a lot of it was just, I think it was all based about the offensive line. I thought the offensive line was great. Like, it's the way that they dominated Middle Tennessee, I haven't seen from North Texas team really in a long time. Like, sporadically, maybe like UTSA or UTEP last year. Okay, but this is an offensive line performance that, just allowed Jason Bean DeAndre Torrey Trey. they allowed four guys to run however they wanted Uh, four guys rushed for over five yards a carry Nick Smith averaged 5.2 yards Trey Segers 7.2 DeAndre Torrey 11 and Jason Bean 17 yards per carry yep they just leaned on them so easily that it just it made everything else easy and so then Jalen Darn 10 receptions 204 yards one touchdown what more can you say I can't. If you want to hear my take about Jalen Darden, go back to our last podcast and listen to that because I've I have no more. I can't say anything else about him. It's get Jalen Darden drafted. Damn it, get him drafted.
0: Can't wait for the draft podcast. Get him drafted. Damn it. Where is he going? Draft Darden. Predict. Damn now, it. Where is he going? What round? Pick a round. Any round. Four.
1: Four. Okay, I think Quez Watkins from uh, Southern Miss went five last year, fifth round. Jalen should go four or five, somewhere around there.
0: Send him to, like, the Buccaneers. That's iffy because, you know, touchdown Tom's not going to be touchdown Tom for much longer. <laughs> but he's going to need those checkdowns. He's going to need those check downs. Maybe the Saints? Checkdowns? <laughs> check no, with, they throw with to James... Malcolm. Malcolm.
1: Oh, Hey, get Darden drafted! Damn it! Hashtag it. Okay. Get Darden drafted. That'd better damn go damn it. on the podcast. draft, Darden. Damn it. Draft Darden. Which it. one we like better? JDD. Get JDD. Get GDD. GJDD. What is happening? I don't know. But okay, let's. Uh, I'm trying to think if I have anything else on the offense. Let's see.
0: Oh, uh, I have, I, I oh, have a question ahead. for go you. Go ahead. Who would you start at running back going forward? Trey Siggers. See, I'm leaning more toward DeAndre Torrey. Why? Because I still feel like Trey against a defense that isn't so porous to the run still lacks that burst to get through certain holes, whereas DeAndre is at least slippery. He doesn't
1: look the same. I'll give you that. And that Trey doesn't look the same, but he runs with the same physicalness, physical power. He doesn't run with the same breakaway speed. You're right. right. But he runs with the same physicality that allows him to get yards. Um, You can't really go wrong. Um, I just think Trey Sigurd, especially coming off a of bye week, I'm hoping that he can get a little bit more of it back. And mm-hmm. um, I just love the way he runs. I feel like Tori is still Tori's really good, but Trey kind of is that first down back that I want to like get right. three four yards. Tori Tori needs a little bit of a hole there to pop it, and so that's that's why I'd go Trey first. But I mean, both of them 13 and 14 carries for Tori and Trey. That's perfectly fine. That's how I want it. Um, speaking of which. I wrote down, where is it, where is it, (laughs) Latrell figured out to run the damn ball, that's what I wrote down, I couldn't believe how long it took him, and if, in that first quarter video that I did, I was like, I don't know why Trey Series isn't getting the ball, they just abandoned the run game, because in the first quarter, they, like, it just, it's so weird how it takes this team so long to figure out what works. When we saw against FIU, we saw FIU run the ball. That's the only thing they could do against Middle Tennessee. all they did. And they almost won. Yeah.
0: Like, FIU literally only I think at ran the, the half, ball. They had, like, five pass completions yeah, or something stupid like that. It was, it like was that.
1: crazy. So, it's like, we knew Middle Tennessee can't stop the run. Just run the damn ball. Anyways, that was that was it. Do you take anything uh, out of Jason Bean being the quarterback at the, two, the top two yardage performances in program
0: history? No, because the number one was not good either. Houston Baptist. Wait, what? He he was the quarterback
1: of the top two yard total yard performances in North Texas history. Houston Baptist, they posted 720-something yards. Oh,
0: are you talking about as the offense? As team. I thought you meant as a quarterback. No, as a team, as a team, as a team. Saw that a lot. I mean, no. We know FIU literally had like six pass completions at half and like ran down... Literally up the whole entire game and had three quarterbacks. Literally every other drive, just going in. <laughs> they had no quarterback. Like there like was not a quarterback slogger. Like, they had the uh, uh, speedster guy. I don't remember. Yeah, his name. but I don't know what else to say. They had aver- average running backs, really bad quarterbacks, and still almost won the game. Yeah, FIU. You can't take any way. Conference USA right now is bad. Like we, I think we all accept that. But whenever North Texas has a good game, we go into it and we're like, oh, look how good they look. Well, yeah, they just played like the worst team in Conference USA. I was having tellen- play a UTSA and get back to me. Yeah, we'll, we'll learn. We'll learn real quick. UTEP, UTEP plays a good team too. So we'll even
1: know more about UTEP going into this week. Uh, who does UTEP play? UTEP plays Southern Miss. Name no, U- that's not true. Name off UTEP's schedule. Charlotte. Charlotte. UTEP who, plays Charlotte. Who has
0: UTEP played? Let me pull it up. Oh, it's right here. Damn it.
1: UTEP. All right, here we go. So, they beat Stephen F. Austin. All right, whatever. Lost to Texas. Okay, whatever. Beat Avalon Christian. Okay, whatever. Beat Louisiana Monroe. Okay, whatever. Even that's a little better of a win. Then lost to Louisiana Tech 17-21. to 21. That's really their only, like, actual result. Do you think the North point? Texas
0: holds La Tech to 21 points? No,
1: no. We will know a lot about UTEP against Charlotte this week. They play Charlotte on the road this week at Oh my gosh. At like eleven o'clock. Oh, 11 o'clock. We got a game to watch at eleven o'clock. Watch party. Um, but yeah, we'll know a lot about them there. So I don't I still don't know enough about UTEP at this point to like say that they're better than North Texas, certainly. However, North Texas is going to have to play
0: its best game of the season in order to win.
1: Yeah. Because UTEP is better than Middle Tennessee. I know that much.
0: All I've seen all this game showed me is that North Texas is no longer the worst team in conference. You would say they are now the second worst. That is all that this game is showing. FIU is also worse. Third worst. Coleman.
1: Third worst. There okay, you go. Sorry. And we can't forget like this was the worst game in the country.
0: Yeah, it was it was literally rated by national people the worst game in the country. Yes.
1: By like multiple outlets here. It's like let's calm down a little bit. Right. And we will go from there. But yes, this offense has looked good so far. They can put up points whether they're empty points or not. They're points nonetheless. And I think this offense is definitely still I think this offense is top 3, 4 in conference USA. I think sure. that's fair. And that's that's fine to say. The defense but the team is not. Yeah, the team is not. Good point. It's a good point. All right, let's go to our def let's go to the defense. Now, um, held Asher Harriman check, 18 of 29, passing three touchdowns, one pick. They had a pick, Colin. They also had five sacks.
0: Let me tell you. And I think that's
1: where we're going to start. Let me tell you. Let's start you, with the
0: front six. What'd you say? I am the happiest man alive that we finally got to see the Murphy brothers. It was so nice whenever you'd have one get a sack and the other one would come over and like congratulate or Like one would, one would you know, like strain a hammy yeah. and he'd come over and like, <laughs> and then the other one would like hurt his wrist and he'd come, like it they was. They were just, getting hurt so much, like they, a cramp. They were, but the thing is, is that. They were getting hurt, and they've been the most effective rushers this whole season. Anytime Devontae McRae came in on a third down, I was like, "Oh God, here we go." Yeah. And then you have thirty-five or forty-two coming on off the edge, and it's instant pressure. The pick was caused because of pressure, I think, by Grayson. I don't remember who was it was. It was Grayson or Larry. I think because someone came on like kind of a
1: delayed-ish blitz that came Oh, around. yeah, you're right. You're so right. I think it was Lair who like but, came around and hit him. Regardless, yes. they
0: were there. Yes. And the fact that they, they were even like get around. Like we see Devontae McRae. He goes and he just – he doesn't get past anybody. There's yeah. no attempt to – I mean there's attempt, but he doesn't get around anybody. Whereas you see Grayson and Gabriel Murphy and they're getting around dudes. They're pushing him back into Asher. Like – and he's he's mobile. Like if he's he can run if he finds a hole and there was there wasn't a whole lot of them obviously he still ran but there wasn't a whole lot of them to like it, like that was against FIU where we were like oh god what's gonna happen yeah I thought they played really well
1: yeah I mean he entered the game with five sacks through four games and they had five sacks in this game alone uh, again it kind of speaks to
0: Middle Tennessee's not being good but and I was gonna say go yes they are not good but we against Houston Baptist they had a sack I think yeah they had
1: one. But Houston Baptist played a little quicker. Look, there was no regardless of how you looked at it, they couldn't get any pressure on anybody right. going into this game. Right. They were struggling to find, you know, they they were starting a true freshman at one of the defensive end spots and Kenneth Dotson who's good, don't get me wrong, but he's a true freshman. Like he's, you know, it takes a while to get to that level. Devonta McRae is pretty young too. You have to think about it. he's a, uh, I believe he's a, either a rusher sophomore or true. I think pretty he's sure be a, a true sophomore. It's either true or rusher sophomore. So that's still pretty young there. Dion Noville, I was actually going back and looking at some of them. He's, he is, he's, he's a monster. He was really good last night. He's like,
0: he's still just. It's shed amazing butt. how la- how he's able to move laterally sometimes with yeah. how big he is. I was watching when they show replays of mm-hmm. him like grabbing the running back and just like Jesus. Yeah,
1: he's still a monster, and it. That, that's kind of separate from our point with the run the run defense of you know him ob-
0: absorbing blocks. In the pass
1: rush, obviously, he I, can just shed blocks. But I think in there. the
0: pass rush, it was important for guys to get off the edge in order for him to be effective because yes. he can't do everything himself.
1: They ran a lot more twists. They had a little more speed on the field to be able to run those. The Davis brothers being in there helped as well, being able to uh, kind of fill the gaps that they needed and bring pressure. Delayed blitzes. Larry Nixon came on delayed blitzes. Um, I think... We might, I might have jumped the gun on Clint Bowen a little bit, um, in just that it felt like, like obviously he's been handed this team of kind of misfits that struggled last year significantly. Like the the defense struggled significantly last year and lost a lot of seniors from it, and so he's been asked to come in and kind of make the most of these puzzle pieces, even though they might not fit to what he wants to do or you know what he really like thinks he can do. And so he's been trying to figure it out, and I think this is the first. This was the biggest takeaway f- from this game for me. It was that the defense can get pressure on the quarterback, and the defense can find success in certain situations. Like on third and long, on third and medium, they've been pretty good. But you get you get what I'm saying is that they can find success in these certain areas. Whereas before, in the past four games, we have seen none of that. We haven't seen any success in third and long. We haven't seen any success well, against the run. We haven't seen any success on passing, pa- r- rushing the passer. And this game, regardless of opponent, they at least showed that they could
0: do it. Well, you, you say the last four games, you could argue until all, almost all last season. Yes. And I think the important thing that we've seen from Clint Bone is that he tries things until he hits something mm-hmm. instead of giving up and just settling. And I think that, that was one thing that I saw last night. There also wasn't a lot of cushion. I mean, you had guys playing underneath a lot more. Yeah. In the secondary, it was just, just again, trying things. Yeah. We also, already... Did Upton Stout not play last night? No, he played. He okay, played. I just didn't notice. Two nights ago.
1: You watched it last Two night. Two nights, sorry. <laughs> um, But no, I mean, we've seen it with not with personnel, first of all. So we've seen Deshaun Gaddy move to safety, Upton Stout slide in. We've seen uh, different guys move around, the defensive end position as well. And now we see the Murphy brothers get slid in there. Um, And... Just like any coach, just like in any sport, when you make an, align, a, an adjustment to the lineup and it works in that works that well, you deserve some praise. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm going to give him the praise there in that um that was the right move. Now, U, UTEP is going to be a much better running team, first of all. And so then we're going to be right back to square one. Can you stop the run? Mm-hmm. And can you make whoever UTEP's quarterback is throw? Because I don't even know who their quarterback is. All I know is Deion Hankins and Quad, Quadras Wadley, the two running backs. Those are the guys. Jacob Cowley on the outside is good as well. But, and I don't look too far forward to that game, but this, it showed me, you know, it kind of teased you in a bit, in a way, like this game in that North Texas can do these things, but then you you play UTEP, who's a physical team that's going to run it down your throat. Can you stop them? Just like Charlotte, can you stop the run?
0: But whereas before it was, it looked schematically, especially against bad teams of the past. Yeah. At least now we know that they have a formula it just is their talent on the field for them to execute that. Yeah, game. so I think having
1: the Davis brothers back helped a lot in the run as well. I you oh can't, yeah, absolutely, you can't, I mean, uh,
0: absolutely. Katie Davis finally playing a full game. Yeah,
1: just because of I mean their lack of depth really. Um, they were able to have the Davis brothers and Larry Nixon in a lot, and Kevin Wood I think play a little bit as well. So, um, good good on them. The secondary I thought was was pretty good. I thought Cam Johnson bounced back from, uh, I think. Did I say he had a bad game against? I don't even remember who. You said I, him and, Deshaun Gaddy, and Gaddy. Him and Gaddy, I think, had bad games against Charlie. If I remember, if my memory is correct, I don't remember exactly. But he had a very good game. They manned up on a couple situations. On his pick, he was manned up. Uh, they man. They they changed up coverages pretty well. I was happy with that. And Deshaun Gaddy looks
0: like he's getting a little more comfortable in the back end. So I'm. I'm. Happy I don't know if I like Deshaun Gaddy in the back end. He got beat again, last night mm-hmm. or two nights ago. Mm-hmm. Gosh, so I I don't know. It's. I got to see more. Yeah, I, I think he's settling in just like anything. I'm just like Upton Stout will get
1: beat every now and then. Um, They just don't have really any other options. No, so I agree. It's, I'm it's just kind of like, yeah. It's just need,
0: who's better at corner, who's better at safety. Yeah, so minute. it's it's going to take a little bit to figure that
1: out. Mikhail Sanders, I thought was pretty good against the run. Yeah. I don't know how many. I think he ended with the most tackles, 11 tackles. Um, So shout out Mikhail Sanders. And, Number eight. Who's he again? I always uh, John Davis. Him. He did pretty good. John Davis did pretty well as well. So um, they had a lot of six DB looks at times, which was interesting. Um, Whether it was three, two, six type stuff and um, otherwise, but Mikhail Sanders versatility kind of allows them to do that. So that's interesting as well. Let me see what else I wrote. I wrote Astro Harris sucks. (laughs) What was that? Shovel pass. Yeah. Here's an actual takeaway from, from the game that I think um, something that another reason I'm hesitant to say anything specifically about the run defense after this game, I want to see, see UTEP. Middle Tennessee ran a lot of those zone runs where they have the offensive line moving one direction more so. And when they did that, it kind of infringed on their ability to get to the second level. Mm-hmm. So, you know, where we did the video and where, you know, Southern Miss, Charlotte, SMU, all of them were able to get to the second level. When Middle Tennessee ran those zone runs, it didn't allow them to really get up field you know, so they were just sliding and waiting for the hole to come to where the running back could hit it. And when you give the North Texas linebackers space, you know, they're not blocked off rip. That's where they're kind of really good. And that's where they can cover a lot of field and cover a lot of ground. And so that when they did, they did that a lot or in the first half, especially, and that's where North Texas was able to kind of uh, stop the run. And so I, that's why I don't think many teams will do that as much, but um
0: those zone runs are better for north texas defense to guard against um regarding the defense i think it is important to also note that they didn't allow a lot of points at all after those first three touchdowns yeah yeah so yeah just important to note for for context and they were backed
1: up yeah on those the interception um the fumble wasn't theirs obviously and then the other interception third and
0: longs still kind of concerning however yeah yeah, for sure.
1: Uh Middleton went 8 to 15 on third down, so you know, it's not great, but it's alright. Um one other thing we have to talk about is nine penalties in the first quarter. I think seven, no, Seth said seven, six or seven were from the defense. Those off offside penalties were absolutely infuriating. Like it's inc- it was it was a joke. I I couldn't I couldn't defend anybody on that defense for how They played in that first quarter, like with those penalties, nine penalties in the first half is jarring. It's that's so bad. I I don't know. I have no analysis. I have no breakdown of it. I have no (laughs) nothing. Dion is over the ball. For God's sake, you're in front of the ball. You're on the nose and you can't just watch the ball. And Astro Herrick calls. And he jumps. Same thing. All everybody, all the defense linemen. It's like this is basic that's basics and that's where I completely stood with all the fans getting upset in the first quarter and that's where I put that video I was like nine penalties is just unacceptable mm-hmm. and that's how you lose games and if this team was better middle Tennessee they would have lost the game based on how they played in the first quarter between Ani and penalties you can't win that so okay that's all I had written down for our game recap let's do panic meter and then we'll go to questions Colin you were at a 10 Mm-hmm. season's over Yes. Do you feel like you overreacted? No. Okay. I don't
0: expect, like I said, they're a bad team. Okay. Like, what 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 would be a season is not over moment, in your opinion? They win two of the next three. UTEP, La Tech, UAB. Two I of I don't see it at all. Well, if they do, if they do, then sure, I was wrong. But I predicted them to win six games. Yeah. And my the goal was to be, you know, top half of the conference, above average quarterback, play, pretty good defense. All that's completely opposite of what I predicted, so I'm giving him a ten. You still him? I was at an eight last week.
1: I'm at a seven. I'm at a seven. That disappoints me. I feel better. I feel better in the mere fact the mere fact that the offensive line's good and the defense actually did something. Because before there was nothing I could hang my hat on. That's true. Now I can hang my hat on something. So I'm lowering them one point to a seven. Okay, there you go. All right, let's get to questions. We have a few here. All right, Billy asked, uh, "Where do you give more credit to the improved defense performance, having both Davises for a full game, or getting an added boost from the new blood from new blood like the Murphy twins? Which one Are do you, you asking the, me? Yes, which one do you give credit more to?"
0: I'd probably see Katie Davis because without Katie Davis, that's pretty tough. Yeah. Only because you have two unexperienced guys coming off the edge. What does that give you in the middle? Kyle Powell. So that's tough. If you, if you have that open, then you don't have pressure on the quarterback from the outside. Yeah. So I would say Katie Davis probably affected it more, but the Murphy brothers kind of put them over the top to where they were actually able to get pressure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think you did. I think I think you break it down well. I, I would say both having both Davises for the first time basically since Houston Baptist is critical for this team. This mm-hmm. team is not deep enough. It's not good enough to overcome the loss of their leaders, their some of their best players. Like you need you need to have everybody healthy. You need to have those guys specifically. And I and I also think it's important games. to note that
0: <clears throat> yes, we just said that the Murphy brothers played and they played good, but that they can they cannot fill the role of Katie Davis in terms of I mean you saw the way Clint Bowen played him last night they didn't play in Katie Davis's position they played on the outside so they're gonna be used more as like outside rushing linebackers or ends as opposed to that middle linebacker position that Katie Davis plays. yeah I I agree completely
1: thank you for your question Billy Uh, Alejandro asked um, defense it can
0: only get better from here right right Colin we can say that until next week sure like I said, can it get worse? They have the formula. Will it work against better teams? That that's the issue. See, it's it's easy to say it can
1: only get better from here. However, like I said, I think they just played their best half of football, so it could. I think it could easily revert back to what and we saw the last. And let's three also
0: games. put the teams they have coming up in context. Charlotte didn't have a great offense. Southern Miss didn't have a great offense because they lost their two best receivers. Yeah. Now you're playing a UTEP with one of the best running backs in Conference USA, Sam McCormick. No, no, no. No? Wadley. Wadley, sorry. Wadley. Yeah, Wadley. And then you play La Tech, who's always good, and UAB with Tyler Johnston. Yeah, and Spencer Brown. And Spencer Brown. So, if those teams keep those players and they're not out due to COVID, like, you know, the last two games, yeah, then... No, these three offenses
1: I yeah, that's a good point actually. In that I think the three offenses coming up might be better than any offense they've played except SMU. Or oh, mm-hmm. Houston Baptist is pretty good too. But you know what I mean. It's, it's we saw how SMU played them. Yeah. Um see, so yeah, I'm not ready to say it can only get better from here. I don't think I think it can I think it can definitely take a step back.
0: Like you said during your panic meter, the Inklings you have something to hang your hat on. Exactly. Now you have to see if the hat's gonna stay on the hanger. All right. Jeff asked why did
1: it take Latrell so long to get Bean involved in the running game?
0: I don't know what he means by that. Well in this game or in general? In general. Middle Tennessee is bad. That is it. Because But but going back to what you
1: said before in that they need packages for
0: Jason. They can bean, do packages with basin bean. And they but, haven't shown that. Right. But they kind of did last night in terms of like the read obviously he just or two nights ago, but he just played the whole game instead. Whereas against SMU, they knew his strength was running and his weakness was throwing yeah. at that point. And if he doesn't have pocket presence, which he didn't against SMU, he's just gonna roll out and he's gonna try to run. And so he, his legs were there. It's just that you played a better team. Yeah. I,
1: I, I the only thing I can say is that I think you, they need to have specific plays and packages with him. Yeah. Um, just to give the defense a different look and to have the defense account for a different look every now and then. Because I mean he can throw the ball. I'm not I don't want to make it sound like he can't throw the ball. I just think that it's it's they need him to bring a different element there to even even though he's not, you know, a big quarterback by any means. I think even you could run a quarterback sweep with him. Like if you line him yeah. up there with one running back and one H back on one side, you could snap sweep to off tackle sometimes like yeah. and try to hit get let him hit a hole and go just to kind of give you a different option
0: there it's kind of like wildcat except he can actually throw the ball like do that for right. not even
1: a possession for two plays maybe
0: the and the issue with jason bean is not that he's not able to make certain throws like we other quarterbacks in conference you say it's that he's he lacks the he just like you said you have to simplify simplify packages for him you just simplify an offense because he's exactly. not there yet exactly all right thank you for your question um taylor asked uh was this week a fluke or are things getting figured out I think overall, I think we know what I think already. I mean, it's a fluke for the most part, in my opinion. There's things to take away. Fluke's a strong word.
1: Fluke's a strong word. Fluke, it's a fluke. Outlier.
0: Outlier is a better better word. word. I would say what is flukish is they're not going to put up 727 yards against any other team. Mm -hmm. Jason B.'s not going to run for 169 yards and three touchdowns Mm -hmm. or two touchdowns or whatever it was. And you're not going to be able to come back down two touchdowns in the first quarter with nine penalties against any other team that is the fluke yeah now the the things that we can take away like you said outside linebackers and the murphy brothers katie davis being back yes clinton Bowen making up different packages jalen darden still jalen darden like those are all things offensive line those are all things we can take away but in a sense those are kind of already things that we knew outside of the murphy brothers yeah so that is why i would say that this is more of a flukish type of game as opposed to yeah, they're going to put up 52 and come back down two touchdowns every game. From an offensive standpoint, because like we said, they're going to play really
1: good defenses coming up. Do we think they're still going to average like 30 plus, 35 points a game?
0: Yeah, because Jalen Darden's yeah. going to get open.
1: So we think they're going to average 35 points a game over the next three games.
0: Yes. I'm not concerned about that. Okay, But it's not going to come off of 70 yard, 90 yard, you know, these ridiculous ones that we saw it's going to come on actual drives and it's going to come from Jalen Darden you know breaking a tackle or two it's going to come from Trey Siggers just you know running through the line it's going to come from DeAndre Torrey showing what he did last night and just you know shaking guys off it's not going to come from Jason Bean running 169 yards or Austin Oni you know whatever yeah it's it's got to be the way this 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 offense is always coming that's the run game in Jalen Darden so far because let's not get this twisted. Yes, we both say that Austin Oni has a higher ceiling can can pass better, but without Jalen Darden, there's no, no chance. And, and we're not and Deontay Simpson and Austin Nagumikin and Greg White. Those are all good receivers. They're yeah. above average receivers in Conference USA. But if you don't have a wide open Jalen Darden and you force Austin Oni to throw open guys, that's not happening. Yeah, it's a different animal. It's a different animal. Um,
1: how much better? Do you think does this win at all change the perception of Latrell at this moment? Because I've heard a lot of this is the this is a win that's kind of a landmark win in a sense. You
0: know, this is a win that I, I've, heard, I've seen turnaround, not a landmark yeah,
1: turnaround. But landmark as well in the sense that people are looking at this win like, oh, he's got this team that's you know not that good, and he's able to go on the road and stop the bleeding and get the win and. Do you feel like it's a landmark victory for him?
0: No. Cuz this is what he should have been doing all along. Mm-hmm. This is year 5. Yes. You have you've had 5 years to recruit quarterback uh, recruit quarterbacks other than Mason Fine. You've had 5 years to get a defensive recruits that fit your system. You've had 5 years to get I mean, clearly you have all the offensive talent in the receivers and in the running backs. Now the finally the offensive line's coming together. As we've said in past podcasts, you can't just keep coming up with excuses yeah, for us to be happy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, we can't be like, Seth's the savior, now he sucks. Seth's the savior, now he sucks. We there, you, There's none of that. You have to be able to look at everything as a collective portfolio and go, okay, what did he do well this game? Yes, he stopped the bleeding, but against who? He didn't stop the bleeding against a uh, below-average team like UTEP. He stopped uh, the bleeding against the worst team in Conference USA. Yeah there's still if he lost this game oh yeah imagine the blood that would be spilled right now oh yeah it would uh I don't even know if Jason I... Bean didn't run for a ridiculous amount of yards because of middle tennis season competence yeah and not North Texas's competence we're we are here right now and we are we're sitting here how does Run get rid of Seth yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but because
1: but because they were able to beat a team that is not very good it changes the perception of things and I'm trying to figure out a way to look at this game in a different light in what sense because there is a chance
0: they come off this bye week and they can beat UTEP yeah no but what is the issue always been in our in our minds not the lack of talent on the field in terms of their offense it's always been the questionable okay what is refit doing why aren't they getting pressure on the quarterback why is seth running it on third and one fourth and one 17 times in a row this season it's not been the like everyone knows that there's not a mason fine everyone knows there's not a jeffrey wilson everyone knows there's not an E.J. Gia or whoever on the outside to save this team but the coaches have to elevate the players that they have because they are seeing other teams do it like southern miss like la tech FIU was able to put up points with no quarterback at all. Yeah, that's the issue that we're having, and I don't think that you winning a game against the worst team in Conference USA because your players did well and Middle Tennessee was really bad does anything for you. No, yeah, I I agree. I agree completely. I think I mean we're on the same
1: page here. So I'm trying to trying to think uh, from outside the box here because even if North Texas beats UTEP in the coming week. Uh, which we don't know exactly how good UTEP is. We assume they're better, um, or they are better than in years past, I should say. North Texas' goal was not to beat UTEP this year. It was to win five games this year. Right, we both said they could could win that. So if they beat UTEP, again, you're taking a step in the right direction. But then you have to beat, if Rice is playing, you have to beat Rice, and you have to beat one of Louisiana Tech, UAB, and UTSA. So you still have to overachieve at some point. And that's always, like going back to our last podcast, the whole thing was Seth Luttrell overachieving, Seth Luttrell elevating his talent to beat teams that are more talented than them. And beating Middle Tennessee is not doing that. Beating Middle Tennessee... Is something that they were supposed to do.
0: That's doing what they did last year, beating UTSA forty-five to. Yes,
1: and beating Milton E.C. last year as well, thirty-three to thirty. Though. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same same thing, and that they're just getting by.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm really. These next three games are the defining games for me this season. Coming off a of bye week, on the road against UTEP, I think you have to win. Not have to, but I think you they should. They should be expected to win should, that game. Seth has to win. Seth has to win. Okay, I'm cool with that. Seth has to win that game. Louisiana Tech, UAB. Louisiana Tech, it does not look as good as they have in years past. Barely beat Southern Miss and barely beat UTEP. I think Louisiana Tech is vulnerable. And I think that if you can win that game at home, then we're talking. Then we're talking. Or vice versa. If you beat UAB on the road, then we're talking. If you beat UTSA on the road, then we're talking. Until you do that, this is not a conversation, and that's why I don't think this is going to be a long podcast. I don't think this is, there's anything else we can say here because until we see this team beat a good team, or screw that, until we see this team compete with a good team, an average team, yeah, I'm not even gonna say average because is still probably one of the bottom twenty teams in the country, Conference USA average, <laughs> Louisiana Tech, right? Right at this at this moment this year, I think Louisiana Tech is. Fourth or fifth in the conference USA. Okay, so they're they're pretty much average out of thirteen teams. UAB is one of the best. UTSA is right there with Louisiana Tech, around the same level. Fourth, fifth, somewhere around there. Until they win those games this year to compensate for the embarrassing losses to Charlotte and Southern Miss, because we haven't forgot about those. You can't just you can't just bypass those with a win by against Middle Tennessee. You have to make up for those forty nine to twenty one loss to Charlotte. The the Saying that still just irks me. 49-21 to Charlotte. 41-31 to to a depleted Southern Miss team. Until you make up for those, I can't have this conversation of North Texas is back. North Texas has turned their corner. North Texas has done anything. Because Middle Tennessee is the worst team in Conference USA. And UTEP win will not do that. But those, those games after UTEP are going to show us and you better not lose to Utah, because then you're not <laughs> winning another game all year. Because Rice, I don't know if you remember, Rice was expected to come in this year and be pretty damn good. Yep. Like, they get everybody back. They haven't played a game yet, but I, they're, they get everybody back. Blaze Aldridge on that defense. They have a pretty good defense. Like, they're going to be favored in that game if they come out of this, you know, whatever, extended break. And I think they play four games all year. If they come out of that break and they, let's say, win the first game or look pretty good, they're going to be favored against North Texas, and mm-hmm. they should be. So those last four games are the defining moments. And that's where you have to make up for the embarrassment of Charlotte and Southern Miss. Yep. So
0: the only thing that's changed this week is that there's a W instead of an L in the column. That's it. That's it. And Middle Tennessee probably won't win a game the rest of the year. Yeah. I don't
1: even know who their schedule is. I don't care. It <laughs> doesn't it's, really matter at this it point. Is, it is Astro Hero. I was. But well, hey, you
0: called out Brent still could get fired on the. I did. That well, that was the, a take I thought too. Wow.
1: Yeah, we're just gonna ignore me saying West Kentucky was the best team in Conference USA. I said UTSA was gonna be really good, so give and take. We gotta go back and look at it. We'll, I know we'll, we'll look at our predictions to. afterwards. Um, let me see. Let me make sure I didn't miss anything here. Mm. Seven hundred sixty-eight yards. Did we get through all the questions? Yes. Okay. Thank you all for your questions. By the way, we really appreciate them. Uh, seven to ten on third downs. We had the first pass. On third and short. Thank you to everyone who checked out that story. Wow. That was a lot of fun. And it was good to see everyone enjoy that story and kind of embrace the those type of stories. Because I never know whenever I do those stories how they're going to be received. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of just like a mass of information getting yeah, it's thrown very niche. at you. Yes. So it's kind of like... I, I'm just gonna do all this and I'm gonna put it out there and <laughs> see what happens. See if anyone likes it, but I, it did great and I it got a lot of good feedback and i'm I'm happy that people enjoyed it because I think that's what North Texas fans kind of want is they want to know more about this team and they want to know more about what they're looking at as far as a program goes. So not just this year but all time and uh, I think that I was able to do that. We're gonna try to do a uh, film session this coming week as well. I'm gonna look at uh, the quarterback pressure um later on at least that's the plan we'll see if i can get um the plays that i want um we're we're i'm going to be doing recruiting this week as well uh trying to look at uh different recruits how they're playing north texas is at 13 commits currently in the 2021 class and it's still a very good class at the moment so we'll be doing a lot of that um let me see what else we got here pretty sure that's all we have Uh, we're not gonna keep this too long because i think it's pretty straightforward it's not no yelling on this podcast
0: you know pretty peaceful we we said there was gonna be some yelling in the beginning though i think you thought that i was gonna have different takes than you i think we thought yeah i thought you were gonna be defending everything and i think you thought that i was gonna be i mean i guess the only thing i have to yell about is that i was right colin is that I was right. Uh, I what? sold out on a North Texas
1: win, and they won. Oh, yeah. Everybody else picked them to lose. Even <laughs> everybody <laughs> picked them to lose. That's true. No, literally, you go down, everyone's like, oh, they're not beating anybody on the road. They haven't won a road game since
0: 2018. I said, no, just wait. Just wait. What's What's crazy is the last away game they won we were at. Which one was it? It was UTSA. Yep, UTSA 2018. What a game. So, yeah, uh, y'all should just listen to
1: me because I think I've improved. Hold on. I actually looked up what my uh career or over the last three years, what my record is in picking games. You ready for it? Mm-hmm. All right. Last 30 games, Colin. I am now 20 and 10. That's pretty good. Considering North Texas is 15 and 16. No, 14, 16, 15, 15, 15 something like that. I'm now 20 and 10. Pretty, pretty happy good. with myself. It's pretty good against the spread. I'm pretty bad though. Yeah, fourteen. I think and we 16. both are. Fourteen to <laughs> sixteen against the spread.
0: Yeah, I'm worse in the last
1: three years. So last yeah, thirty games. Um, all right. I think that's all we have for y'all today. Uh, check us out on. Well first thank you all for listening And subscribe to Mean Green 24-7 If you have not already You can get the first month for $1 only Our annual subscription is, 30, is 30% thirty off So check that out um, Subscribe on dot 247com Please and thank you um, Subscribe on Apple as well for our podcast um, For free and leave us a five-star rating and review on there. We really appreciate those. I think we're still at 37 ratings at the moment, so get that up to 38, 39. We'd appreciate it. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud as well. Um, follow us on Twitter at MeanGreen247. You can follow Colin on Twitter at CGH Mitchell. Follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore. And guys, we have a lot to learn about this team still, but this was a step in the right direction. I'll end it on that note. So thank you all for joining us. Stay safe and we'll talk to y'all later.